And the only reason why I got a uh, damn um, iPhone now, cause the damn kids they like to FaceTime and everything. They couldn't FaceTime, so so I just talk and you tell me to talk. Yeah, I just talk. Um, <clears throat> first off, thank you guys. I appreciate you guys coming. Again, this is Mike G. Mike Check. I've got three fathers here. Three different capacities of fatherhood. Today we're going to talk about fatherhood. Today we're going to talk about the whole definition of fatherhood and a couple other things. What up, y'all? It's your boy, Mike G. You tuned in to the Mike Check. Who am I? I'm just a decab kind of kid trying to make something out of itself. Actually, I'm going to sit here and chop it up with you for a little bit. Maybe get some things off my chest and hopefully hear from you guys. See what you think. Sure then. <laughs> we, we grew up to love each other, man. Um, I got him on here today because actually I've seen him grow. I've seen him start as a father. I've seen him start as somebody's knucklehead son to having his own knucklehead children. Yes. Um, first off, man, appreciate you. No Thank problem, you. brother. Appreciate you having me here. Uh, let them know in what capacity you are a father and what capacity you experience fatherhood. Oh, man. One. I had three wonderful children. I started off somewhat early. Uh, I was a freshman in college at D. Fort Valley State University. And at my girlfriend then, uh, wife now, we met. We were uh, doing what grown folks do, and we had a little accident, uh, but turned into a wonderful now 21-year-old uh, daughter of ours uh, who was attending Savannah State University. Um, then we had two other kids. I had a middle child, Abigail, daughter, and then a son uh, who's 10 right now, who's the, the a spitting image of myself, the Abamai, that's my road dog. Uh, so I've been through uh, the early stages of fatherhood as a 20-year-old, I guess grown, somewhat grown man to, na to, ha to now being a 42-year-old man uh, that is taking care of these three kids. So I went through the whole gamut of being a young father to now, a young father that was broke in college trying to figure out how to take care of uh, a young daughter to now being somewhat financially stable and being able to take care of all three of my kids. I've seen them grow from little infants to, like I said earlier, to now I have a 21-year-old grown woman here. So my definition of fatherhood is really really three things I, I, I believe. A father should be a protector, a provider, and provide love for his family and his children. And I think I've been doing a good job at that. Um, they have been a true blessing to me, and I look forward to uh, this growth and this path and this journey that I'm on as a father. Okay, at first I thought you said you're looking forward to having some more. Oh, brother, no, that got snipped a couple about a year ago. I ain't having none else. Them little crumb snatches have taken everything from me. Oh, I can't do no more. I tell you, though, um, 
uh, your first one, you, she might um, come and put the hands on you because you said uh, accident. Bruh. <laughs> hey, in my household, hey, we we, we don't mince words. She, she knows what it was. At 19 years old in, in college, and me and the wife were doing the grown folks. It was uh, it was a oops, you know. Okay, but okay, hey, okay. it happens. I'll take it like that. Yeah. <laughs> she got you on the line. Next guy I got is uh, technically I say cousin, but if, if, if y'all know us, y'all know that's that's my other big brother. Uh, we know him as Debo. Debo. <laughs> Some of y'all know him as Daryl. D battle. Explain to us what capacity you experienced fatherhood. Oh, okay. I uh, appreciate you for having me here, Mike. I told you I was going to have you back, and I'm here, and, you know, just to let everybody know, today is my birthday, and this is a perfect oh. present. Happy you birthday, know, bro. Invite me onto this panel with him to discuss this subject of fatherhood. Now, uh, how I fit into this is pretty simple. Um, my wife and I, when we met uh, my stepson, William, at the time, he was nine years old. So... I became his stepfather when we got married. Me and his mom got married in 2005. So I watched him go from being a little knucklehead, head shaped like a light bulb, <laughs> to now he's a full-grown man. He gave me my first granddaughter, which is Zoe Caroline. She's the apple of my eye right now, and I have a spoiled rotten. And he's, I want to say, a district manager with Waffle House. So he's doing extremely well, and he's done exactly what I wanted him to do, which is definitely do better than what his old man is doing. So, you know, I'm really blessed that he was able to follow that advice, and I'm watching him develop into a nice young man. He's becoming a good family man, and it makes me smile. It makes me feel really good inside when I watch him with his daughter. And that's something that, uh, that's, that's kind of like a, a present that you never can replace and it's something that's going to always stick with you no matter what you do or where you go. So, you know, being a stepfather is it, no different than being an actual father because your main objective is to raise anyone from being a child to a respectable and responsible adult and function uh, on their own in society. So. I feel like regardless whether you have your own uh, biological child or you go into a marriage and uh, there's maybe one or two or more, um, it's always good to, for that guy to step up and once he commits to accepting that family, he needs to be able to commit to being a responsible person for those children. Okay. Now, being that you mentioned being that you mentioned having a grandchild, I want to acknowledge the other grandpa in the room. Some of y'all may have heard him on, y'all y'all probably heard him on the radio, the main event, uh, with his co-host, the Guru Miles. This is the Commish, also known as the man that got started Mike Check on this Mike Check journey. Uh, if you guys don't know, this is the owner and proprietor of Complete Game Broadcasting. My main man, Tim Nunn. What's going on, Mike? First off, you sound in rare form. <laughs> but uh, explain to the people, man, how you, how, in what capacity you experienced fatherhood. So, let's see. I got married in 1994. 
didn't waste any time. <laughs> had my first child in 1995, and he is now 25 years old, and he is one of four. So I have a 25-year-old son, Adam, who's up in Clemson. I have a 23-year-old daughter, Emily, who's in Athens. I have a 21-year-old son, Noah, who's up in Clemson. And my baby is 18, and he just graduated high school. Oh, man. And this past December, I had my first grandbaby. Awesome. Ab Abigail Lynn. Oh, okay. I got an Abigail, too. That's awesome. All right. Apple of my eye. See? Apple See? Of my eye. There you go. But you know, I think um, when we were talking earlier about what we think of fatherhood, and I agree with everything, you know, protector, those type of things, but also as a teacher, you know, mm -hmm. you do your yeah, best. Right. You do your best, and it's not necessarily going to turn out the way you want it. Exactly. But yes. you, hope, you just plant the seeds and hope they make some wise decisions. My oldest one? On down a little bit of a rough path. That's, all, that's always that's always the experiment. Though. The, old, the older ones, those are the ones where you have to. That's where you start learning how to be a parent. When the next one comes along, it's from from what I understand. Should I say? Because like I said, I've never experienced having a child of my own. But from everybody that I know that has two or more kids. They said the second one made it a little easier because they learned from their mistakes from their first one. And the oldest one sees that, like, wait a minute. Exactly! <laughs> with that too, but I think too with the oldest, I think you're, at least with my situation, I came down pretty hard on him, mm -hmm. maybe too hard. So a little bit more being humble has helped with the others. Yeah. But the youngest, absolutely. He's learned from all the mistakes. Exactly. <laughs> well, let, well, exactly. let, well, let me ask you a question then. Um, you have girls and boys, as I do. Do you parent your sons different from your daughters? I didn't because Emily sort of fell into, she ruled the roost. I mean, mm. she was one girl with three boys. Uh, okay. So she was more of that, she's not your typical girl, she's your tomboy girl, right? <laughs> so, but you know what? I would, I would have to say yes in a, in a sense where but you come down and talk harsh to a boy, mm -hmm. don't quite do that as much to my girl. Mm -hmm. A little more of a loving way, maybe. Yeah, a softer and, touch, huh? And you can do that with boys too, I think. You know, I've learned that. But um, yeah, there's a little bit of a difference. Okay. It is, because I know uh, ever since I've been in Georgia, which was 96, um, pretty much every relationship I've gotten in has been with the one with uh, kids. Can't understand why. So did run you from it, but hey. So does that does that make you a professional stepdaddy? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think I, I'll take that. I take that. I'll take that. You know, I wear that. I wear that badge of honor. Okay. But I'm gonna just say, like, like uh, I was in this relationship, and she had twin boys, and her oldest child was her daughter. That was the hardest relationship I had to crack because the. The biggest issue when it comes to being a stepfather or just even being a man with a woman with kids, you have to deal with so many different personalities. Yes. And it's not just mm. the ones in the house, you're dealing with their fathers as well. So you have to tread those waters very carefully and you almost have to uh, try to steady everything and just be more or less like, um, like a referee, so to speak because you want everybody to be happy but at the same time you also want to you want to put 
your groundwork down to let these kids know, hey, I'm the one that's here. I'm the one that's taking care of you, but I'm not going to keep you from your father. Did you run into any problems with discipline or trying to discipline one of the stepkids and the mother jumps in like, no, you're not going to discipline my child or or anything of that nature? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How'd you, how'd you navigate that? Um, it, just, it depends on the person that you're with. The reason why I say that because, you know, you have a lot of strong mothers out there. Like my mom. Um, my mom, the strongest woman I know. Shout out, Auntie. Hey, shout, mom, what's up? shout out. But she raised two boys. Both of us went in the military, and both of us are doing fairly well for ourselves. My brother Sean, who's living up in Baltimore. What's up, boy? Shout uh, out, cousin. <laughs> so, uh, when I became a uh, stepfather, I had to think of different ways to discipline. Yeah, okay. So, like, <laughs> um, I tell this story about William, about this one time when he was, he didn't want to clean his room, he, wanted to do his, he didn't want to do his chores or anything, and I refused to be that type of father to put his hands on the child. So, being in the military helped me come up with some creative ways to punish. So, uh, I went in the house, grabbed a towel, and the first house we lived in, the property was on an incline. Mike helped me move the furniture in there, and he was like, I will not help you move again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, what I did, I had my son stand backwards on the heel, so his heels are, are, are stretched, and he has to hold the towel out, stretched out, arms extended out fully, and not let the towel touch the ground. <laughs> but it was outside. My wife was like, the one was like, Daryl, what are you doing? I said, just watch. She's like, are you trying to embarrass my child? I said, a little bit. I said, just watch. So about five, ten minutes into it, after I yelled out a couple times, pick that towel up, boy. <laughs> uh, his friends start coming up. I say, look, look out the window. So she's looking out the window. And uh, the smallest one in the group said, damn, William. <laughs> I, I hear William out in the yard, man, y'all need to leave me alone before my dad come out here. So I walked outside, and I'm already laughing. So it was like, Mr. Darren, what will you do? I said, don't worry about what he did. I said, why y'all up here? Like, we just want to see what's going on. I said, you want to see what's going on? I said, you want to join? It looked easy. So I gave the one with the biggest mouth a hand towel. I said, hold it up. So he held it out for about... 10 minutes, they're like, Mr. Darrell, I can't do this no more. I'm gone, bye. <laughs> so he took all his friends with him. So William was like, Darrell, please, I'll do anything. I said, okay, you can drop the towel. He's like, thank you. He's like, what is it I can do? I said, you know what? He said, you know what? I'll give you push-ups. How many push-ups you want me to do? I said, you know what? That's interesting. I said, give me five. I said, you know what? Give me three. Three push-ups. I said, now, now, any and everybody that's been in the military, you know, once them arms have been extended for a certain amount of time, there is no pushing. Yes. So, each time he tried to push up, he kept flopping on his face, and his mom was cracking up. She was like, that's so wrong, but it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's, I like that. Uh, creative parents. Yeah. Yeah, because it sticks with them. Yeah, so let me, let me ask all of you. Tim. What, what ways did you do differently in terms of disciplining or even teaching your children that's different from, from your, you know, your upbringing? My upbringing was 
strictly like dad was always on my butt always so i was a little bit more lax and i think just earning the trust of your kids at a young age where they can communicate with you mm -hmm. and they respect you right most important thing now there was i remember I remember one time my youngest when he was like probably five Pelted a neighbor kid with a BB gun, like an airsoft gun, about 20 times. <laughs> so, go out there, poor kid's crying. So, we just grabbed his BB gun and said, How's it feel? <laughs> 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 like, yeah, guess what? He never did it again. That's creative. That's crazy. Never did it again. Brandon, give me something that, because I know your dad. Yes, you know, call him. Yes. Harlem Heat. <laughs> Shout out to my other dad. But, uh, <laughs> What did you do different? I want to first start off by saying I thank God that my children are nothing like me. All right, when I was a youth uh, growing up here and on the east side, as Mike is sitting here laughing, shaking his head, uh, we we got into a a lot of a lot of fun. And that's uh, where we say we want our kids to be better than us. Yes, everyone. Exactly. So I I can honestly say. Uh, my kids have never really given me any major problems. Um, every now and then they'll have hiccups, uh, but in school they're all A, A plus students. I guess they get that from my wife. Damn sure didn't get it from me. Um, at home every now and then my daughter, and I don't know if you guys have experienced with daughters, um, uh, she, she's a little mouthy. Uh, so her and my uh, wife kind of go at it sometimes, all right? So I have to step in and pull my daughter to the side and tell her basically, hey, watch your mouth how you talk to your mother. Because sometimes when they get around that 19, 20-year-old age bracket, they think that they're grown and I don't have to listen. So I'm kind of going through that little stubbornness streak with my little 21-year-old now. Uh, she's still a phenomenal individual, but uh, she's having to learn a lot about life and sometimes I think life is the best teacher me and her mother well my mother and I can only teach her so much but sometimes experience is the best teacher and so sometimes I allow her to bump her head so she can realize yeah mom and dad you were right I should have done what you said so uh, that's how uh, my creative I guess thought process on the discipline kids and sometimes letting them experience life. I don't let them get too far out there where they'll hurt themselves or cause a catastrophic, anything catastrophic to their to their, uh, their upbringing or anything, but I just allow them to bump their head just a little bit to feel what life is all about. Okay. I don't know if you guys have noticed that like with my boys, they tended to make knucklehead mistakes when they were like 16 to 18. Yes. And then they come around, right? Mm -hmm. With my girl, it's like opposite. It takes her a few years to catch up with that. <laughs> girl, making those no-good mistakes at 21. Right? Where they know all the answers. So, there you go. They know all the answers. That's it right there. They know all the answers. When it comes to girls, I think that's the heart. Because, you know, they're dealing with a lot of guys coming at them. Yeah. And so, you know, when they choose the one that they want, you know, it's going to be really hard for anybody to say, no, I love that person. You can't tell me nothing. He's this, he's that. And like you said, Brandon, earlier, they'll have to bump their head every now and then yeah. before they realize exactly what's going on. Well, you guys kind of got me a little nervous because uh, I've got, we didn't, Mike did, in case anybody doesn't know or doesn't remember the episode where I had both of my kids do my intro, I've got twins. I got a boy and a girl twin, they're the same age. So everything 
I just heard these guys talk about it. about to happen with my daughter, about to happen with my son. I'm going through it at the same daggone time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, with the girl, I, I noticed they are mouthy. Yes. Now, my daughter's only 11. And she's already a little sassy. I'm, I'm, I'm like... I mean, you're right about what you're saying, but I just don't like the way you're saying it. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, my son, he's still, he's still boyish. He's still that little young boy. Going back to what we had talked about earlier, mm. if you think your boy was mouthy at the same age, would you discipline differently? Yeah, I definitely, I, de I still do. I, yeah. I, I have to admit, I do. Um, my daughter probably doesn't, she gets away with a lot more. I, I, I'm more of a, I'm, I'm like Daryl said. I don't. I don't do the hands thing and all that. But um, my discipline. Yeah, I, I fuck up my son a lot more. Like, come on, son, you gotta. As, as much as that's my guy, I love him. And, you know, we. You know, I'm a lovey dovey dad. But with my daughter, even though I know she just said something wrong, so you know, I'm still like, ah, okay, don't do that again. You know. You know that's the issue of the daddy's little girl type of thing. So you don't want to be too hard on your daughter. But then you want your son to be a strong young man. Yes. So, and that's that's a fine line that you have to walk because you want him to be strong, but you don't want to uh, kill his spirit. Exactly. So you have to walk that fine line and let him know, hey, I love you, you still my boy, but pap, thump him on the head. Mm -hmm. You know, that was wrong. You know, going outside and play. Exactly, because I think I might be the only one on this panel that uh, believes in uh, putting hands on the kids. Because because sometimes uh, I do have to, I, well in the past I've had to uh, discipline my kids uh, in, in a certain manner. Uh, but what I, after I did that, I would, the only one. Uh, yeah, I would sit down, <laughs> exactly, I would sit down and tell them this is the reason why daddy had to use this course of action with you. All right, and what did you learn from this? Because it's not, I believe in corporal punishment, but you have to teach your kids why they receive that or right. what caused that, all right? Just going in and beating the kid down and then walking away, that, that's pointless and stupid, all right? That's borderline, almost child abuse, all right? Abuse. Exactly, so I always sit down with my kids after I don't wore their little behind out and tell them why they got their butt wore out and the reason, and then to go into going a little further, um, I, I guess I'll, I'll leave that for a, another segment. But um, yeah, you just have to make sure that your kids know why they got their butt But you know, I, my issue though, because I am the stepfather, mm. I didn't see it as my responsibility mm. to actually really put my yeah. On You're that. in a tough situation, right? Yeah. Right. So I have to be creative. Yes. So when it comes to that situation, like, don't get me wrong. Um, Williams heard some some nice choice words from me, <laughs> and I've done things like um, I've gotten to him at his school yeah. when he was in junior high. The security officers they knew me by first name. <laughs> That's how often I used to go out to that school. But like I said, <laughs> like like we all agree, boys are knuckleheads. Yes. So the things that he got into, it wasn't something that he always repeated. Well, so he mm. always learned from because. William hated being in his room. He spent half of his junior high school years in his room because he always did something he had no business doing, but never repeated the same thing over. That's, that's, that's one thing I get. That's good. Mm -hmm. Now let's back up. Let's back up to the girls again. Let's go back up. Uh, Tim, you mentioned something about how they come around later and, and, and do they knucklehead stuff that we did. Um, what is the main thing you would 
actually, what was the mm. main lesson you gave your daughter as, as a girl dad? And, and you realized either she didn't pick it up or she picked it up later in life or, or maybe she stuck to it. We're still working on that. <laughs> um, no, I think the, the main thing is just know the consequences of your actions. Yeah. Um, realize, especially being a girl, I think the consequences are a lot bigger yeah. than a guy. And um, they can get in a lot more trouble than a guy could, you know? Mm. Or get themselves in a situation yep. which is not where you want to be. Um, but she grew up with brothers, right? So she's sort of a tough character. Um, I remember she, she, they went to private school where you're not allowed to wear nose rings. Oh, yeah. She kept getting demerits for wearing a nose ring. Emily. What are you doing? <laughs> it's a stupid rule, Dad. <laughs> stupid rule, but it's a rule. rule. There you rule. go. Are yeah. you ready for the consequences? What? Argue? Well, guess what? A couple detentions, and then the nose ring is gone. But she's that type. She'll buck the system. Yeah. She'll go up to that line. I like that. Mm. I, I, had, I, had, I like that. My, my daughter pulled a... My daughter pulled a... I'm not quite buck the system, but she... she she kind of used the system. She got herself. Now my, my baby girl, she's in. She's in. Well, girls yeah. can find those loopholes. Oh, oh yes, they can. <laughs> yes, yes. That's why I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad that in both of my marriages, uh, I never had to really deal. I've never had to deal with girls. So I'm so happy. I've only had to deal with them in a in a relationship, and yes. even then. Uh, that was a situation, like I said, that was the hardest relationship to crack. But when I did, her deepest thoughts, she mm. chose to tell me before she even told her own mom. Yeah. Oh, that's because good. she was like, yeah. Mom, I'd rather tell Daryl than tell you because he's going to be brutally honest with me. You're going to beat around the bush. I want the truth. That's good. You yeah. built that relationship. Right. That's good. So it's all about, just like Tim said, it's all about getting their trust. Like, like Once you get their trust, then when you try to or uh, let them know where they're wrong, they'll be a little more understanding. They'll start thinking about it a lot more clearly. And I think communication's huge. I mean, I think if they feel like they can come to you, yes. mm -hmm. that's where things are gonna open up. You know, my kids are older, right? So when they're in high school, you know, there's drinking and stuff going on. Oh, yeah. Parties, <coughs> oh. All this kind of, my rule was, hey, if you get in a situation, mm -hmm. do not drive, do not ride with anybody. Mm -hmm. Call me, I'll mm -hmm. come get you, no questions asked, right. period. Okay. Mm -hmm. We won't even mention it the next day. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's and great. it took a while, but then one of them tested me and did that. <laughs> and I followed through. And you know what? The others saw that. Oh. And then all of a sudden, the communication, they trust Dad a little bit more. Because mm -hmm. I came, let's see, I was married for 24 years, went through a divorce. And um, the two youngest, they were 14 and 16 at the time. My daughter was 18. My older son was already out of the house at 20. And I got custody of the kids. That was a whole new ball game. Oh, oh, I can imagine. A whole new ball game. Mm. So, but um, it helped with the, the trust and the communication. Now, with the uh, hmm, with the custody, was it? And we we can go we can go deep or as as you want on this one. Um, with the custody, was it a preference on their part on who they wanted to be with? No, based on who card. No mm. court court order. Okay. okay. Which um, is about what? 
five percent of the guys got exactly yeah it was not a you know and that's that's been a hard situation because a lot of them the boys have issues with mom okay right and um, my thing with them is she's still your mom. Yeah. Right. right. There you go. You, know, you need to have a relationship with your mom. You can have boundaries. You still need to have a relationship with your mom. Yeah. I agree. Now, let's, let's, I'm glad you said that too. Let's let's go on the relationship side with how mm-hmm. they have a relationship with their mother. Your children have a relationship with your mother mm-hmm. and their relationship with you and how it's different. Uh, we know there's a difference. Um, we know why there's differences. Well, do you tend to uh, is, is it something that you guys notice that you do have a tighter relationship with your daughters and your sons or is it vice versa or, or, or? Brandon explain yours what's your relationship with your daughters versus your son mm. since I have younger kids well I'll talk about my uh, my oldest uh, since she's going through this adulthood stage where she thinks she knows everything sometimes her and my wife headbutt a lot and my wife sometimes she she can uh she could turn up too so i'm more of the the calm demeanor uh in the family so i come in and i and i usually bring well i usually i bring my daughter sit her down and i'm kind of that mediator of telling what why she's gone wrong or what she's done what's going on in her life and so on and so forth so a lot of major problems uh, i believe she she comes to me because she knows that dad is going to be brutally honest uh, with love, um, but I'm going to tell her what she needs to hear. She may not like it. More of the time, she doesn't like it, but she knows when she comes to me, she knows dad's going to give it to her straight, no chaser. Um, so my wife would do it too, but she's a little more um, PC, politically correct. And dad sometimes says stuff that, you know, I wouldn't want to say around a lot of people behind closed doors. But that is the stuff that she needs to hear and they know how I am. So um, when it comes to the younger kids, uh, they're still young now. So um, they really cater to uh, their mother, their bosom a lot. But at the same time, uh, they know I'm the fun parent. So anytime they want to do some fun, they know to come to dad. So that's kind of how our relationship or the dynamic of our, our uh, relationship, our family status is right now. Okay. so. Tim, your daughter, I, I, I know you said your son, you know, they have the, the issues with mom and whatnot. Um, I, we'll give that a, we'll, we'll even say that's a caveat, but on this, in, in, in the general sense, how was it your relationship with your children versus their relationship, you know, with their mother? Did they see you as like fun dad or the stickler? Or you know, I think each one's different and each one has a different personality. So I think there's no one right answer. I think some kids are gonna to gravitate towards mom more, some would gravitate towards me more based on the personality. Yeah. And um, it's as long as the two parents are in equal balance and are, you know, co-parenting, mm-hmm. I think it, it's a good situation because you can run the back and forth on each other. Play the good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Right? These kids aren't stupid. Oh yeah. They know they're <laughs> one way or the other. Exactly. They our situation now with them being older I mean they're adults right mm-hmm. so my my policy is open door you can come talk to me whenever you want to that some will take advantage of it some won't some will talk to mom which is fine mm-hmm. so it's just I don't know it's different I don't think there's one answer for yeah. every kid yeah. like it. that's true 
Daryl, let me ask you because you've you've even stated being a stepfather is a little different. It is. How do you start? I mean, do you have to build a relationship first, or how, how does it go for you? The relationship starts the minute you meet mom. Um, just from the vibe that you get from their children, the minute you meet them. If you come at them and you have this overbearing personality, uh, or you really don't feel like you want to be involved with them, they're going to let you know how they feel. Mm -hmm. But if you engage with them and you more or less give them the attention that they're looking for, they'll be more than willing to accept you if it ever gets to the point where you're about to say, I do to mom. Mm. But now, speaking about as far as like the differences when it comes to kids, I was married twice. So, and my first wife, she had three boys. Um, and I noticed the difference when it comes to if the children have siblings, as opposed to them being by themselves. So when I met my first wife and her three boys, we, those boys were, they were my buddies. You know, I even got along with the oldest one's dad. He and I, we used to go out drinking together at times because we were so cool. Oh, wow. And he was like seven years older than me. Mm -hmm. But um, because I was in the military and his son had his own room and, you know, he saw I was taking care of his son and his son never had anything bad to say about me. That was a perfect relationship. Those boys, it was to the point where those boys, when their mom started cheating on me, they told me. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. So that's that was crazy that they were able to tell me that against their own mom. Shout out to the uh, FBI informants and the stepson. <laughs> and so now what's so great about those boys, um, I've actually heard from their mom and through Facebook. And the youngest one, Terrence, he's uh, ex-Navy SEAL. He's a police officer in Arizona. And the oldest one, Demetrius, is contractor. And uh, the youngest one, he's a plumber. Okay. Now, my wife now, with William, he was the only child. So he was basically a mama's boy. So that was a situation where um, she has to feel comfortable allowing you to do anything to her child. She has to trust you. Even though you're married, that's still another boundary that you have to work yeah. across. Okay. Now, you know what? Let's jump Let's jump on this marriage thing. By show of hands, how many people have been married more than once? Damn, y'all. Mm -hmm. show of hands. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm that, the only one. I guess he's the only one, yeah. He, and he wanted punishment two times. He, whoa. It took me 10 years, but I'm not oh. in there again. It took me 10 years. So we basically have a sadist in the house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love punishment. I won't lie. All right. By I show of hands, how many people are no longer married? So that would be Tim and Mike G. And by show of hands, how many people are still happily married? That is I. Now, oh, no, no, your cousin's still married. He's, He's still, still married. married. He is still yeah. married. You're right. Yeah. I would be gone if I wasn't. <laughs> that is true. That is true. We got Daryl and So I bring that up, guys. Uh. Marriage, divorce. Um, Tim, I know we can speak to this. Brandon, you, you, you take I a break for a minute. All right. Daryl, we gonna, we gonna, I'm going to ask you two guys. How does divorce play a role in your view of fathership? Who you want to ask first? My view of fathership? 
I just want to be there for the kids. I mean, going through a divorce at the age that they were at was brutal. Okay. Brutal. I mean, my youngest was eighth grader. Mm. And he went from a great student to really struggling. Mm-hmm. And not because he wasn't trying. He just he couldn't keep his mind on it. Right. Yeah. Um, so more patience, for sure, for me. Um, you know, being humble, patient, and just being there for them. Um, and like I said before, as much as we went through, and me and their mother don't talk. Okay. I mean, it was a bad situation. As much as we've gone through, I've encouraged them to continue to have a relationship with yeah, their mother. Right? That's good. I think that's important. I right. Because that's going to affect them when they get to the age and they get married, right? Exactly. I don't want Especially them to go into a relationship where... never said anything bad about their mother in exactly. front of them. So that, that's perfect. You always encourage that. Mm-hmm. Now, do they... Did, did, you get, did you guys get closer? Like you and your children get closer? Did y'all relationship mm-hmm. kind of time? Me and the two boys did that were living with me. Okay. The other two are already out of the house. They were adults. They were moved on. So with the younger two, came really close. Mm-hmm. Really, really close. Um... And I think that it's just everything they've known their whole life is not there anymore. So their security blanket's gone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I think they came to me more. Plus, it was sort of funny because plus, you know you do a good job when you go through something like that and the kids are worried about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I can attest to that. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they worry about that. And they say, are you, are you okay, Dan? Or, or, you happy? You, you don't see it. You know, they know when you're sad. They know when you're they were the ones that They were the ones that said, all right, Dad, <laughs> time to date. <laughs> I'm going to make you a Tinder that, page. That's a whole other episode in itself. I ain't dead. Yeah, we'll, we'll get that one. We'll get that I one. forgot to tell you, Dad, my teacher's coming by. <laughs> right. Put on that Old Spice. <laughs> that high karate. <laughs> so, Daryl, let, let, let's talk on your end. Uh... From the stepfather aspect. When I got a divorce? Yeah. How'd that go, man? Uh, You have to understand, I was a a wild guy in the military, and um, I wasn't, like, the the best husband, per se. You need to edit it? No, no, no. no. (laughs) I'll I'll clean it up before it gets to that point. (laughs) I wasn't the best husband, per se, but I will say that... um, um, that um, when it came to being there, having to be there for uh, the boys, I was always there for the boys. Mm-hmm. So when it got to the point where we were getting a divorce, um, it what really broke it for us was she made the statement that uh, before you get out of the military, I don't think you will ever be able to find a job. I was like, whoa, whoa, trust issues. Whoa. So I was like, okay, I see where this is going. So about a month later. I called my buddies up and I told them, I said, hey, um, I'm having a barbecue at my house this weekend. I got all the alcohol. I got all the food. I just need y'all to do me one favor. Move this woman's stuff out of my house and onto the truck. (laughs) (laughs) When I tell you, my brothers came through. Her stuff was moved within an hour. And she had this big Penske truck and two of the twins uh, well, two of the boys uh, went with her, the middle one and the youngest one. The oldest one was in Seattle with his dad. And she was like, you giving me gas money? I said, no, nah, ask your man that when you get down to Sacramento. Ooh. 
So wow. I went to the boys. I said, look here. Here's $20 a piece. This is a 770 mile drive. I said, this is for y'all to get some eat. Now, if you want to give this to your mama for gas, that's fine. But I'm just letting you guys know this is for you. Oh, that's awesome. So I gave that to them. They left. And that was probably the best party I ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, okay. So y'all waited until she left to have the party. Oh no, the party started while she was getting her stuff packed in the truck. <laughs> Awkward. It was drink, move a piece of furniture. Drink, move a piece of furniture. But we did it in groups. It was never furniture never not moving out of the house. Ooh. So yeah, within an hour she was gone. Mm. And I had I had a three bedroom apartment to myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well guys. We're gonna take a little break and we'll probably deal, we'll delve into a lot more issues. Might get a little deeper, might get a little more fun, but we'll, we'll take a real quick break and we will come right back. Yeah, so we're back for round two, y'all. The mic check, Mike G. We're back for another round, which also means we got another round of the non-word of the week. This week's non-word, liked it. Come on, y'all. Liked it? Liked it. Do I need to use this in a sentence? Yeah, he had liked it me in high school. Come on. It was cute when people were being funny, but there's really a contingent of people out there that really use this word liked it. As if it's normal. L-I-K-E-D. E-D? Come on. Y'all know good and well. <sighs> anyway. Liked it. No. We do not liked it. Liked it. Okay? Stop it. 